What's up, guys? Welcome to the Social Bamboo Podcast, teaching only the fastest and most sustainable social media growth strategies out there. I'm your host, Derek Vidal, and on today's episode, I have the pleasure to speak with David Wood, the Focus CEO himself. This man has made his whole career at this point around helping entrepreneurs scale their business through simply focusing more and having more energy uh, because really all of us have this huge to-do list of all these things that we need to do and the amount of tasks that we can accomplish in one day is the speed of our business and I think it's very easy for us to uh, when we're newer to have the bar set really low on how much we are cool with getting done in a day and counting it as a win and as you get bigger in the game and you start realizing all the things that you need to do and now I'm on all these different social platforms and I got the this team around me uh, and you just have higher expectations for yourself, it gets harder and harder to keep leveling up at the amount of focus that needs to be put in on the daily basis to keep your business um, you know, escalating at that speed. Uh, so that's why it's very important that we always take a moment to you know, get in contact with someone out there that has literally made their whole career uh, around how to focus better. I think it's one of those topics that we're like, yeah, I get it. You, you just drink coffee. You get a good night's sleep. You focus better. But it really is a learnable skill. So join me over the next 20 minutes listening to David Wood give his best tips on how we can maximize our time. Uh, I will also say this was recorded when he was in Mexico. There's a couple times the audio cut out. Uh, but I've gone back through the podcast episode and it seems um, you, know, you probably won't uh, recognize when we cut out. Uh, but just in case you do, I'm just letting you know this thing was actually kind of a pain in the ass to edit because I had to go back through and edit out quite a bit of scenes that uh, Zoom was just really acting up. But we toughed it out. We got the interview ready. Um, and for those of you that w- uh, listened to the Ben Levitt interview last week, don't worry. We will be coming out with his uh, recap interview next week. And then likely after that, I will be having the John Lee Dumas interview come out. So earlier today, I interviewed uh, the host of the podcast Entrepreneurs on Fire, John Lee Dumas. Uh, So just throwing that out there now, look forward to an awesome 15-minute power interview uh, with one of the biggest names in entrepreneurship nowadays. So that interview is coming out. Make sure you subscribe so you get a notification for that. Uh, But anyways, let's get back into focusing on what today's episode is about, and that is focus. So without further ado, Mr. David Wood. I am here with David Wood, the Focus CEO himself. He is hailing from Mexico, so hopefully the audio doesn't cut out or he doesn't get offered, uh, you know, sir, what do you need to drink next? He could be uh, <laughs> ordering some cocktails throughout the whole episode. <laughs> Maybe not. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he is in Mexico right now, so he's having a good time, but still finding some time to come on the podcast here and share some value. Uh, David's main specialty is focus as well as uh, a bunch of other stuff that we're going to get into. So I'll leave that for, uh, you know, David to tell you all about here. But first off, David, how you doing, my man? I'm good, mate. I'm good. And thanks for bearing with with me with the technical stuff so far. I'm having a good time. I, I wish I could show you. I'm, I'm st- I know you've got a, there's a blank wall behind me, but I'm looking right out over the lake right now. 
in the mountain town of Valle de Bravo in Mexico. And how, how great to be able to, you know, keep working, keep sharing value and have a few cocktails now and then while on vacation. Truly. How far away are you from the ocean? Uh, I got no idea. I'm, I'm two and a half hours from Mexico City. And in seven days, we're going to fly to Baja and do some kiteboarding. Okay. So kiteboarding, podcasts. What else are you doing over the next week? Yeah, I might go paragliding. I don't know. I, I used to be a pilot and I had a bit of an accident. So I'm a bit gun shy, to be honest. But I went up yesterday and I watched them taking off, including saw a guy with one leg take off in a paraglider. Boy, was that inspiring. I almost did paragliding too. Um, it, I'm, I'm with you. I'm usually pretty hesitant. I mean, you're probably more bullish on these things than I am, it sounds like. But, uh, you know, it's not my cup of tea at all to do these more extreme sports. And some friends convinced me when we were in Mexico to go paragliding. And we got there and they said, sorry, it's now too windy to go. So um, I still count it that uh, I said I was going to do it. And I was. Um, but, uh, yeah, I got uh, – saved by the wind there. I, I was kind of relieved because I was like, all right, cool. Let's just go back and have some lunch. But, uh, but yeah, man, if you do it, you have to tell me all about it. Seems like uh, the joys of jumping out of a plane without the free fall part. Yeah. Well, it's an extraordinary sport. I mean, if you fly on the coast, that's pretty, um, pretty tame. You know, you, you jump off, off uh, from a cliff, but the wind's very steady and you can, like, I've flown with that with no hands. I've had my iPhone out sending someone a text message, stay up for hours. They call it free flying because the wind is free. But if you fly inland, that's an extreme sport. And I've jumped off a mountain in Nepal solo and gone up to 10,000 feet above sea level under a storm cloud looking at snow, you know, snow-capped peaks that's scary as hell because you it's like flying inside a washing machine getting thrown around and you you literally get partial collapses and sometimes even full collapses of your wing it's just part of the sport so i don't recommend it for everyone and i'm really happy to keep my feet on the ground right now because uh, I, I i've done it i got away with it i'm like i don't want to push it i bet that's pretty insane and uh, somehow i'm not surprised that you have uh you know this kind of uh courage and also are an entrepreneur it seems pretty fitting uh, with your lifestyle would you say that uh the entrepreneurship came first or were you always this brave with extreme sports yeah that's a great question i think it does take it takes courage to be a human just generally right to be on this planet takes courage and if you're going to run your own business that takes a lot of guts and i I think it's, it's your experience. And for most of my clients, it's hard being an entrepreneur and it does take courage. I think my courage might come from the fact that when I was in school, I got bullied quite a bit and I never really stood up for myself. I never really stood up to the bully and just punched him in the nose and, and took a beating. And I, re I regret that to this day. I really do. I, so I, I really regret the times when I let my fear run me. And I felt small, like even if it was, say, going into a bar and there's a woman I really wanted to approach and I just never did, or a friend that I, I never asked out, those are the things I regret. And I don't want anyone to have that feeling. 
So in my, in later life, I found if there was something I was afraid of, I will, I will lean into it just because I don't want that feeling of playing small and that feeling of regret. In fact, my psychiatrist called me counterphobic. Now, I don't think you should go as far as I did and jump off cliffs. Um, but in a business, you might want to ask that celebrity for an endorsement. You might want to go and ask uh, someone famous to write the forward to your book. You might want to call 10 people and say, hey, I get a great product and service. Are you interested? I think it really behooves us to lean into our fears. Even if you get no's to everything, you're going to feel like a rock star at the end of the day because you know you went for it. And I want that for everybody. I think it's such a hard thing uh, to teach because there really is so much gray space to it. Like what you're saying there, like, you know, be brave, but also maybe don't jump off cliffs, uh, but, but take risks, but also be smart with your money, you know, like make sure you're proving your business ideas before you're just going into them. And I think it's really difficult for entrepreneurs sometimes to find this balance of courage and also being smart with it. There's uh, like, I watched Shark Tank the other day and you'll see a lot of people on there with ideas that aren't that great. None of the sharks really like it. And they'll say, you need to give this up already. It's been seven years. No one really cares about yourself or, or whatever, you know? And they're like, no, I'm never going to give up. And I, I see both sides of it, right? It's, it's hard yeah. to like, you shouldn't give up. But so what can you reflect on, on that, man? Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? How can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients? Can we be healed with sound? Sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives. In the podcast audio branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music, and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com. Yeah, it's true. You got to find a sweet spot. Um, I'm I'm a practical man, so I, I do consider myself courageous. But I consider that I, I have practical courage, right? Now, when you start up a business, it's let's say listeners, if if you're new in your business, you know you're probably not going to give up in six months, right? But I think it's good to focus, pick one service one problem that people have got, one target market. This is a problem with a lot of entrepreneurs. Like I want to help five different different markets with yeah. five different problems and I've got five different products problem. Mm-hmm. and I've got five different traffic sources I'm testing. No, don't do that to yourself. Pick one of each and give yourself a time frame. All right, I'm going to go all out for say six months. And uh, in six months time, I've got to generate X number of sales or X number of dollars. And if I can't, I'm going to pivot. All right. So that way we've got some focus, but we're not being an idiot. Now, Jack Canfield, I think is a good example. He and Mark Victor Hansen created a little book called Chicken Soup for the Soul. And the story goes, they got turned down by 150 publishers. Yeah, but they didn't spend six years trying to do it. They went to trade shows and whatever, and they got to pitch to multiple publishers at once. And you don't want to give up too early, 
but you don't want to also be like a friend of mine who uh, created a business and just spent years and years and years and loads and loads of money and he couldn't get traction. Um, if he'd given up in six, in the first six months, I might've said, hey, dude, maybe you need to stick it out a bit longer. But once he was three years in, right? Then I start asking, how are your reserves? Do you have enough capital to keep going? Do you believe in it enough? And do you love it enough? If you don't have a good answer for all three of these, maybe it's time to pivot. So I, I'm not the kind of coach that's gonna to say to someone, you should believe in yourself for 10 years, no matter what the world is saying. No, but also don't just give it three months and then just drop it because you didn't get the result you wanted. You're going to have to find that sweet spot. Now, also you brought up the idea of like, are you going to risk, you know, how much capital are you going to risk? Well, yeah, some decisions are going to be risky. And so you're going to have to really take a good hard look at that. But there are some things that take courage that don't have any downside, like, um, like asking for a celebrity endorsement or going to give a big speech or being on a big podcast like Entrepreneurs on Fire or you know, at least pitching them. There's no downside to that, right? You give it a shot, you ask 50 people, you might get two that say yes, right? That, that's a no-brainer. Mm -hmm. The only downside is a fear of rejection. So... I say, just go for that. You can spend that all day long, but if you've got a lot of money riding on it, okay, maybe you're not going to uh, mortgage your house for something that's unproven. Maybe you test, you throw out a trial balloon, see if you can get a few sales first. If you can't get any sales, try another way, try another way. If you still can't sell, a good example right now, I'm writing a book called Name That Mouse, but I'm not going to write the whole book and spend two years writing a book and then go and uh, invest a hundred grand on promoting it. No, I've learned, I've learned the hard way. What I'm going to do is a Kickstarter campaign and we'll put it out on my email list. I'll do a few podcasts and we'll talk about it. We'll see if people like the trailer for the book, which is a little PDF. And if people like it and they're donating a bit of money to the Kickstarter campaign and they're sharing it with their friends, and we raise say 1500 bucks, then I'll take that as a sign from the universe that the world wants this book and we'll write the full book and then we'll go for it. But I'm not, I'm not gonna go for that straight off the bat. Yeah. You know what it seems like it is, is it's almost like never give up, but don't let your ego get in the way. And hold on to like an idea that is really not good. You're, you're not accepting that the world's like the data is telling you it's bad because yeah, well, they're I seeing the data is bad and they're still saying, no, my idea is good. Yeah. Right. So I would not say never give up. I would say there's, there's a time to just give up and stop doing it. I, I spent a year going into tough conversations and I created a, a company called tough conversations international. I had a great time doing it but I found it hard to sell it. Now I didn't give up in the first month. We gave it a good go for a year. And we did, we did, we got, uh, you know, one, one or two good, good sales and good projects, but it was pretty slow going. And after a year, I said to my team, we, if we love this enough, we could keep, keep going, but I think it's a hard sell. 
so what do you say we just stop putting all right so yeah we lost connection there for a second but we were switching topics here david the thing that i really want to get into so everyone listening to this podcast is on social media and most of them have multiple social media platforms so you can guess that we have shiny object object syndrome as bad as it can get me particularly i turned on my screen time the other day to see like what kind of results i was getting per app and i don't even want to share it uh, but yeah i definitely had to uh you know put put a bunch of locks on my apps and limit my time because even though social media is my business it's very easy to just stay on there and kind of feel like i'm working when i'm not i'm just scrolling um, so what can you say for all these entrepreneurs that are listening that, that they know that they should be posting content multiple places, but in reality, you know, there's only so many things that they can do effectively. Uh, what would you say is a good way to get their bearings on how they should yeah. be spending their time? Yeah. Clay Collins has a great solution to this because, you know, with, as an entrepreneur, we've got five different target markets we want to handle. I want to handle entrepreneurs. I want to hand. I want to help um, executives. I want to help relationships um, for couples, but that's getting spread too thin. So Clay Collins says, pick one, and he calls this system the five ones. Then the next one is, what's the problem that your target market has? I'd like to help people with lack of time. I'd like to help them with overwhelm. I'd like to help them with lack of money. Pick one problem to help your target market with then what's your solution you might have five different products you want to provide five different services again pick one and this is also a great way to see how scattered you are the next one is traffic source now you mentioned social media so yeah i want to do really well on din i want to study it i want to get really good at it i want to get leads from it I want to be good at search engine optimization. I used to be number one on Google Life Coaching. That took a lot of work. I want to be on Instagram. I want to be doing newspaper ads if they're going to work. I want to be doing direct mail. But the thing is, we can't do all of those well. So again, pick one traffic source. It's okay if you want to test, say, four of them for about four weeks and then pick one that's promising and go deep. And then the last one is one year. Pick one in each of these categories and go deep into them for one year so you can get really good at it, work out all the ins and outs, and, and, and start to produce some real money for yourself. That's really key. I think the one that a lot of people aren't doing is the one problem thing too because – if they, so a lot of them aren't doing the niche down too, like you alluded to before, which is super important. So, all right, now you pick your market and let's say that they're a fitness coach and they say, all right, I want to help people, you know, get, um, you know, better abs. I want to help them lose weight. I want to help people train for marathons. And then they, they're all of a sudden handling too many problems. And then that's why they're like, I niche down, like I'm a fitness coach that specializes in, you know, yoga or something like they niche down like barely, even though that's still a humongous niche, you know, they should still go down more, but they haven't niched down to which problem they are helping. Um, so that that's really key. And the funny thing is, is 
ultimately everything that I'm monetized with is around helping people with one specific problem with one specific strategy. So uh, I definitely know what you're talking about, David, that's really important. So once they get all that down, and they know, okay, I want to grow, let's say they say, all right, I want to grow on Instagram, I want to help this market, I want to solve them with this problem. And then they start getting a game plan going. But after a couple weeks, you know, the, the inspiration might fade a little bit. And, um, you know, we won't necessarily, we don't necessarily need to talk about like how to re-inspire yourself, but either way, YouTube starts showing them all these recommended videos. Every time they try to go be productive on there, every time they go on Instagram, they catch some kind of reel and they just get locked into the Instagram vortex for an hour. What are some little things you do to booby trap yourself so that you can't, fall into these vortexes of wasting your time so yeah we've got shiny object syndrome and, and things are pulling us left right and center here are some tips that can help us stay on track firstly have really clear 12-month goals so you know what you're going to care about in the next 12 months and you know what you're not going to care about and then bring it back to three months out what am i going to do in this next three months what am i not going to do that's super important then we bring it back to seven days. All right, seven days, uh, the next seven days and know what you're not gonna do. That's super important. This is what I wish I could do, but I'm not gonna touch it. And then ask yourself, what will I do tomorrow? If I could only do two things, if that was all I was allowed to do, what would I do tomorrow? And that's what you start with when you wake up. Now. When you put that process, you at least know what you're aiming for. And so when you start to get off track, oh, here I am on Facebook. Oh, here I am watching a YouTube video. You can be like, step away from it. You've got your goals. Come back to your targets and do those first. Now, when those are done, I don't care if you goof around for the rest of the afternoon because you already did the two most important things in your business. Love it. Yeah, man. I love um, starting with looking at the future, what we're what I'm really trying to do in, you know, a year or even like, what do I want in five years? All right, what do I have to do within the next year to make that happen and just boil it down? Then it makes it really clear that even though you're doing that small action that day, it's really tied in that this small action is actually a domino for the big picture of what we're really trying to achieve in life. And if we just say, all right, what do I want to do right now? Like, what do I need to do today? The answer is usually just like, I need a, you know, I need to do an Instagram post. So we come up with these basic answers that really don't do anything, but what do I need to do in five years, one year, boiling it down. That is a great way to, to, to make sure that we're really staying focused with the, you know, what we're really trying to create in the end, rather than just the small results we could create from the the small tasks throughout the day. And I think it's really easy to get carried away with, you know, posting eight stories in a day and thinking that we're, we're doing work when it's not really in line with our one year plan. Yeah, that's right. And I got one last tip into your calendar. Yeah. Book sprints into your calendar. We can't be expected to be focused 24 seven. So just have two hour blocks booked in your calendar where you turn off all distractions and you, you write down your goal and you do nothing but that goal. After you've done your sprint, then you can goof off. Excellent, David. I think there, there's a lot we can take here for how to really refine our focus down to what is the most important 
action at that time. And it is imperative skill with social media. Otherwise, our fate will be of that talked about in the uh, social dilemma movie. <laughs> so we need to have uh, our control over that. Um, is there anything else that you would want to add here? Um, any kind of small, quick takeaways, things that people can apply today that you can, uh, that you can think of? Well, I'll do better than that. I'll give, I wrote it all down in a checklist. So we can give this checklist of but the tips that we talked about today, plus about eight things that we didn't have time for, myfocusgift.com. I try to create a super memory, myfocusgift.com. Okay. Easy enough, man. So yeah, that would be a good place. And it's probably a lot easier to focus uh, with a list in front of you rather than a podcast. And then they're driving right now and they're going to get home and try to recall everything. So um, yes, definitely go grab that list, guys. Um, but David, thanks so much for coming on, man. Um, you guys, again, you can find him at focus.ceo and you can grab his gift at myfocusgift.com. Uh, David, have a great day, man. And uh, enjoy Mexico. Thanks, buddy. 